numerous sahaba he met and learned from was their student he is making this statement obviously this tremendous depth in it so what is the depth in this this also gives us the correct understanding of things so he says that I rather am happy to be in the company of a person who has good akhlaq even though he is a sinner Allah explained this that if a person though he may be sinful is engaging in certain things which are haram, incorrect, sinful. But if he's got good akhlaq, then if he is reprimanded also, only if he is advised correctly, nicely, mashallah, but forget, and let alone being advised in a good way, even if somebody has to reprimand him, what is wrong with you? How can you carry on like this? What is your problem? Why are you continuing your life in this reckless way? Because of his good akhlaq, he will tolerate that. Because of his good akhlaq, he will give a listening to it. He won't just off the cuff reject what is being said, because he's got good akhlaq. So the least is that he will give it a hearing. And he will give consideration to the person who is giving him that advice. And when he will have this attitude, he will have this approach, that somebody is advising him, even if the person is reprimanding him in a harsh way also. But he's giving him a hearing, he is giving him some due consideration, he is not just rejecting it, then there's a very good chance that he will accept that advice and even implement it sometime. If not immediately, then in short time, sooner or later, because of his good atlaq, he will accept the advice. Sometimes just out of the consideration for somebody, he will refrain for a while at least. Well, this person now advised me, at least in his presence I must stop. He's a very noble person of the community. How can I carry on? Out of good akhlaq, he will stop for that period of time. And when he will give this kind of consideration for people, then inshallah this will strike his heart sooner or later, he will consolate for Allah also. And on the other hand, a person who, mashallah, is exerting himself in ibadah, Forming a lot of ibadat, very good. But if he's got bad akhlaq, and if he errs, anybody will err somewhere, but now because of his bad akhlaq, somebody would might address him and advise him about his akhlaq itself. Somebody might advise him that this is not how you go about talking to people, or how you go about conducting yourself in public, or with your family, or whatever the case is. Because of his bad akhlaq, there's a very good chance he will reject it right there. Who are you to tell me? What business you have to tell me what to do? Now something of that nature he will just off the cuff reject it. And once a person has already said something negative, to retract that and say, okay, I'm ready to listen is very difficult. When a person has already said no to something once, now to retract that and say yes to the same person is very difficult. Maybe somebody else later, the same person he said it no once finished. Very, very seldom he'll now make some retraction from there. Even if he has to now make some excuse to come back, he'll do the excuse, but he won't come directly and say, okay, my mistake. So as a result, the person, because of his poor akhlaq, number one, won't take advice. Then on top of that, if he keeps quiet also, one is he might reject it outright, and he, outright, and he will start fighting about it. He will start arguing. 
If he doesn't do that, if he keeps quiet also, what will generally happen is that because of his poor akhlaq, his bad character, he start harboring malice for the person that advised him. And he start having enmity for him. And then he'll give vent to that somewhere, somehow. So there's a ch- very poor and slim chance of him accepting the advice. Now this is, on the surface of it, it sounds like a very, very dangerous statement. On the surface, it sounds like a very dangerous statement. But these people have depth. They were not just looking at things on the surface. And their words were very well, carefully chosen. Their words were selected. And when they said something, they said it in the light of deep knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah. So now this is one understanding. Often now we give a lot of importance on one end and we neglect totally the other end. So what we were talking about is the concept of success, the falah. This is something which is not just limited to the understanding that we have. That some material progress, some business progress, maybe the living conditions progress. That is ni'mat also. If it happens with halal earnings, mashallah, that's a ni'mat, that's a bounty of Allah Ta'ala. And that to a person should make shukar upon. But Allah Ta'ala is giving us something beyond this. Allah Ta'ala is saying, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ The good of dunya and akhirah. This is only for al-mu'minun. This is only for people who are truly believers. And believers who, who have certain sifat, certain qualities in them. Success is based on sifat, is based on qualities, is based on things which are practical, on things which are real, not just things which are fleeting doesn't have any reality, just the surface thing, just some kind of outer appearance, that is not going to bring any success. Allah is saying success. Now when we are talking about the success that the Quran Sharif is giving us, then this means success in every sphere. Success in a person's personal life, he wants to succeed personally, Allah is saying this is the prescription. A person wants to succeed in terms of his domestic life with his wife and children. Allah is saying this is a prescription. We'll come by this. A person wants to succeed in his day-to-day earning of his livelihood. Allah is saying this is a prescription. A person wants to succeed in terms of his how he goes about interacting with others, then fulfilling whatever his requirements are, going about achieving whatever his needs are. Allah is saying this is a prescription. This is not confined to any one thing only. It includes every single thing that this insan needs. He wants peace within his home. This is a prescription. He wants peace outside. This is a prescription. He wants contentment and peace within himself. This is a prescription. So sometimes, because of the influence of environment, because of whatever the things that we keep looking at, listening to, then our understanding also gets distracted, gets warped sometimes. And we feel, okay, you want success in ibadat, 
you want success in deen, then you must come to the masjid. I must do whatever Allah that I said. But you want success in dunya, then you have to follow the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. Nauzubillah. Then we want to now try and marry two total alien things. We want day and night to become one. Day and night can never become one. Day is day, night is night. East and West can never meet. So, Allah Ta'ala is saying, no, this is not just confined to the masjid, or confined to deen. The success of deen, the success of dunya, the success of everything. Or sometimes the deception comes that the disbelievers, the kuffar, the yahud, the nasara, they are saying that don't imitate them, don't emulate them. Success cannot come via their way. But you see, they are succeeding. They are running in leaps and bounds. They are going ahead. This is again the same misconception that we have given success the name of material accumulation. Or rather the material accumulation we put the name of success on that. And if supposing that can be called success for the disbelievers, then these are the same rule for everyone. The rule for the believers is different to the rule for the disbelievers. Why does the rule be different? The rule is different for insan. And the rule is not the same for hayawan, for animals. For example, physical nourishment. So a dog gets nourished by what? It will chew some bone. It gets nourished by it. But insan also gets nourishment by chewing that bone. It won't happen. But supposing somebody has some little explanation in that as well. The next example is a little harsh. Next example is a little harsh. But sometimes this is something that brings the reality quicker home. That the khinzir, the swine, that also has its form of nourishment. Which is the filth and the waste. It is nourished by that. But if some human being decides to also imitate that, no human can even think about it. There's a completely different rule. That is also a living creature. A living creature, but there's a different rule for it. Be nourished by something else. The lion in the jungle will tear the prey and eat it raw. So somebody else decides human being also to eat it raw, what will happen to him? Not the same rule. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala has created different systems for the mu'mineen and for the kuffar. Kuffar, this dunya is their be all and end all. There's a different rule for them here. And the Mu'min, this is very, very transitory phase of his existence, and his real abode is Jannah. This is a very temporary space that he is here on a test, on a trial. His rule is different. He is within restrictions. So he will try to emulate the ways of the Kuffar, he will lead into destruction. They might apparently, so to say, succeed in dunya in their ways. But a mu'min adopts that, he'll destroy himself. So Allah is saying that the believers want success. What is their success? قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ This is the top of the list. There's a whole list of sifat and qualities that Allah Ta'ala mentions. And on top of the list, the first thing is that a person wants success again in every sphere of life. He wants success in his being, obviously. 
success in his dunya then too success in his personal life success in his domestic situation success in his livelihood success in anything allah taala is saying the first description is qad aflahul mu'minun alladheena hum fi salatihim khashi'un those who have khushu in their salah now khushu in the salah is something which is after the entire structure of salah is in its place start of with there will be five times salah there will be salah in its proper manner of performance if a person isn't performing five times salah then that is already far away from khushu guru coming after the five times salah is in place what is important is that it is with its correct performance correct performance it starts off right with taharat the correct performance of salah starts off from taharat from a person acquiring his correct purity if a person is in need of a ghusl is in need of a bath then he is correct doing that in the correct way once one person was giving some talk and in the process he mentioned the faraiz of ghusl the things that are compulsory during ghusl in the process this bencherness that there are three farz of ghusl three things that are compulsory without this the ghusl is not valid as one person was asked what are the three farz of ghusl so he had also not learned it so now sometimes the person is asked something so he has to say something he keeps quiet they won't sound right he has to say something so they ask him what are the three farz of ghusl so he said hot water soap and towel <laughs> so this was his concept of what are the three farz of ghusl So in any case, this person also, he is listening to this talk, and in the course of the discussion, Ali mentioned the three sorts of ghusl that the water has to be put into the nostril until the end of the fleshy part. So the entire nostril till the end of the fleshy part is rinsed, and then he rinses the entire mouth thoroughly thrice. Once is necessary, meaning the entire mouth is rinsed three times in sunnah. The nostrils, then the mouth rinsed thoroughly. so that no portion is left dry and then to pour water from head to toe not one hair's breadth must get left dry so now these three things are mentioned so this person went home but then later he now this was probably came in his mind so he phoned his alim to say that the first time i heard this so what do you mean you heard this for the first time he says i've never gargled or put water in my nostrils or gargled one of the two i never knew this is necessary the person is in his muttaqi is whatever he was at that time and married for many many years grown up children almost and he didn't even know the faraiz of ghusl he might have gone for hajj and umrah allah knows he might have performed tawaf he might have stood at arafat also but allah knows whether he is taharat was correct and if his taharat wasn't correct then neither is his salah correct or the tawaf correct or that hajj valid everything is gone so that successfully looking for in salah many times a person is describing the difficulties that he has and he's looking for some kind of advice so the person gives his own background any time such email will come the person will be giving his own background first and so and so and this is what i do and so on and alhamdulillah i perform my five times salah daily and i do this also and i do that also 
all the genie engagements that a person has. He says, but why am I suffering all this? So, sometimes it's a test from Allah Dara, that too is a reality. The pie is also tested. But sometimes, while we are doing a lot of things, what is very important to check is, is it valid also? Is it valid also? Is it being nullified because it didn't even start? So if the Tahara wasn't in order, the person said Allah Akbar, but Namaz didn't start because the Tahara isn't done. If his husan is not valid, what Salah is going to perform? If his husan is not valid, what his huzu is not valid, what Salah is going to perform? So the success in Salah, Allah Ta'ala thinks is on khushu, but khushu is after this whole structure of Salah is in place. And that structure of Salah starts off right from Taharat. That a person is conscious about his Taharat. And this includes the correct aspect of Istinja as well. That a person goes to relieve himself, so he fulfills whatever the requirements of Sharia are in that regard as well. And on this note, many people are very careless with regards to the aspect of urine, drops of urine, etc. This is something which is a very, very common problem, but unfortunately, a lot of neglect and carelessness. And if a person has not correctly fulfilled the requirements of Istinja, after having finished off with Istinja, he didn't give sufficient time to clear himself and be completely comfortable that there is no more emergence of anything and he just went and made wudu and then some emergence of some doctor happened then wudu is nullified he didn't bother about it he didn't think about it he didn't either realize it or whatever the case is but ah, he was so careless in that regard so the salah is not valid and how many things are not valid thereafter so now this is something to learn about something to be conscious about that this affects so many things thereafter. So the correct performance of Salah starts off right from Taharat and especially with regards to not being careful about impurities. This is one of the main causes of wasawis and all kinds of thoughts in Salah. All kinds of thoughts coming from every angle and every direction the person just cannot concentrate at all in his Salah. One of the aspects, not necessarily that this is always the reason for it, but one of the things that contributes to this, or one of the very main causes of this, is the aspect of carelessness with regards to impurities. Not cleansing ourselves of impurities correctly and fully. So now the person wants to succeed. He wants to succeed, he'll have to get his salah in order. And he'll have to bring khushu and khudu in the salah. But if the structure of salah is not correct, then in what is the khushu khudu will come in? The structure is the utensil. It's the body. But the khushu is the soul. And the success will come on what is living. It can be a lion, but if the lion is dead, then even a little child will go and poke his finger inside the mouth of the lion and feel the teeth also. And he says, teeth are sharp. Why? Because it's dead. The dead lion, the little child also, but no fear for it. Because it cannot do anything. It's useless. But a lion that is living, even if it's just a cub, let alone a child, even a very strong wrestler also, won't take his chances. And if that thing has to roar, then Hazrat Bala Rahmatullah mentioned one incident, that once in some zoo, 
suddenly there was an announcement made that one lion or some wild animal has somehow broken out of the cage. Everybody must evacuate immediately. So one of the people who was running out in front of everybody else was somebody who had come in on a walking stick with difficulty. <laughs> he was gone out first. So where did that strength come from and where did all that energy come from? Just merely hearing about that this lion is loose. Because it's living. It's alive. So it can do so much. So likewise, a salah that will bring the success in every sphere of life. The person's personal life, all the things that he's struggling with personally, whether it is in his domestic life, whether it is in his business life, whether it is in any aspect of life, and obviously in me. Then it will come, success will come when there is life in that salah. And the life, that is the soul. The soul can only come when there is a body there. And if the body is not even there, where is the soul going to come? The body will come when all these things are in order. The taharat is in order. The ghusal is being performed correctly. And to the extent that these sunnats will be adhered to in the fulfillment of ghusal, in the fulfillment of istinja, in the fulfillment of guru, to that extent it will enhance the reward of that salah also. To that extent it will enhance the position of that salah. The strength of that salah. It's not, it doesn't start over the time when a person says Allah Akbar. It starts off long before. That the person is performing ghusl correctly. That ghusl now, if he's going to be performing ghusl, so from head to toe he's going to wash himself. Automatically the wudu is done. One of the sunnahs of ghusl is, the sunnahs of ghusl is that a person first performs wudu. Now, we want to use our logic, but now by the time the person makes his husband, his husband is done. But we don't use our logic where Allah Nabi Salaam has taught us what to do. Nabi Salaam's teaching is that before husband, it is sunnah to make husband. Before husband, it is sunnah to make husband. So now the person who is conscious about all these sunnahs is making his husband first. That husband he made first before the husband, that will enhance his salah also. That will enhance the quality of his salah. And to the extent that person is neglectful in terms of how he performs his husal, how he performs his wudu, how he performs his taharat, that will affect his salah as well. Once somebody asked him a question that what is the what is the law pertaining to israf in wudu? Israf using more water than necessary. Wasting of water in wudu. They said, wasting is haram. To waste water is haram. So the person asked the question again that, no, this is obvious, this is something well known. Those who are sitting here, all people who are familiar with this. What we are asking is that, wasting of water, does it have any, wasting of water while making wudu, does it have any impact on the salah itself? That is the question. They said, yes, wasting of water in wudu will deprive a person of the khushu in salah. If he is performing his salah, the khushu will be affected. Now, when the wudu be performed, where the salah is being performed. But the effect is falling. The link is there. Because the key to salah 
مفتاح السلاطی تہور ابھی ساسن سے اس تکی جو سلا اس پیورٹی تو غسل تو غضو اور اس کی انکلوڈڈ ان اس تو اس اس دکی اس دکی اس ان آرڈر اس دونے ایفیکٹ جلس ہو گئی اس دونے پوزیٹیو ایفیکٹ اس دکی سلپ اس ان اپرابلم اس دونے کاؤس پرابلم اس دونے ایفیکٹ جلس ہو گئی So this is the very important thing that Allah Ta'ala is giving us the prescription of success and at the top of this is the aspect of Salah. So now this will include performing that Salah on time. Performing it with Jama'ah in the Masjid, if a person is not very far away from the Masjid. Performing it with Jama'ah in the Masjid. And then performing it in the correct manner, the correct postures. Reciting correctly in the Salah. اقراد He will be very happy about it. After all, he is also still just human. Yet he will be very upset. But this is the kalam of Allah. This is not the kalam of any makhluk. This is the kalam of Allah. So it deserves the highest respect. And part of the highest respect is that it be recited correctly. And to recite it correctly, we need to make some effort. We take some time, even five minutes a day. Five minutes a few days in a week. Three, four days a week. Five minutes after some salah from somebody who has learned how to recite the Quran Shari properly, some Hafizah, some Kharizah, take five minutes. If not every day of the week, three, four days a week. And in that five minutes for the three, four days a week also, in two, three months' time, inshallah, our recitation will be corrected. In two, three months' time, we'll be reciting correctly, inshallah. That effort is a very big effort. It is something that will bring the correct recitation in Quran, of Quran Shari in our salah. This will be a very major contributing factor to the khushu. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that for the success to come, the most fundamental thing is, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Now what is khushu itself? This is an entire subject of his own. That how much of effort is to be made to bring this khushu in the salah? And this is what Allah Ta'ala has promised the success of. Together with all the other sifat that are coming to. As we discussed right at the beginning, that Salah is fundamental but together with Salah all the other aspects of Deen all fit in together <coughs> it's not a matter of picking and choosing and that statement of Sa'id bin Jubayr this is something that to keep in mind of what he has stated so Sa'id bin Jubayr or rather it was Fuzayr bin Ayyaz Fuzayr bin Ayyaz this was his statement that he states that I rather be in the company of somebody who has good akhlaq even though he is a sinner rather than being in the company of a person who is a very good worshipper but has got bad akhlaq but the explanation of that is what we, what we discussed already so this is the lesson that we have to bear in mind that being is a complete way it's not pick and choose It's not something that, <laughs> something suits us, we take that. Something don't suit us, we discard it. No, it's a complete package. 
and we take this entire package and implement it in our lives, inshallah we start tasting that success in every aspect of life. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a coffee. Inshallah in the coming programs we will try and continue with the discussion of these ayahs. Allah tabarak give us coffee. Wa akhiri da'wana
انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم اله العالمين يا الله ومستوصف المستريشس مستحيل مستحيل الله اله العالمين يا الله فقيم الله 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 الله اللہ
تو وہ سنگھ بھی ایک بہت زیادہ کی شائنگ ہو ہاتھ سے اللہ لکی کو ہاتھ شائن خود اخلاق کیا اللہ